Welcome, you're listening to All Things Naval Aviation with your host, Rear Admiral John Meyer, Commander, Naval Air Force Atlantic. Welcome to All Things Naval Aviation. This is Rear Admiral John Meyer, Commander, Naval Air Force Atlantic, and today I am joined by one of our outstanding department heads, Captain Josh Kinnear, who is the Director of Operations and Plans here at Naval Air Force Atlantic. Welcome, Josh. Thanks, sir. Glad to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. You know, we've been working together on the staff for quite a while, and I really want to highlight some things that uh, I knew a little bit of, about your background when I got here, but uh, my goodness, do you come from a family of service? And a lot of us do. Um, have families of service. We're becoming to some extent a family business, if you will, in that we have lots of uh, folks that uh, are either legacy, uh, but I've, I've seen very, very few resumes, uh, family resumes like yours. Uh, both your grandparents were in the Marines. Uh, one was a sergeant major, yet another was a master gunnery sergeant. Your great uncle was an admiral. We'll talk more about Uncle Gus here in a moment. Your dad was a captain in the Navy Reserves. You have an uncle who was a sergeant in the Marine Corps. Your brother served as a submarine officer. You've got a nephew who attended the Naval Academy. You're a Naval Academy graduate yes, and continuing to serve here at Naval Air Force at Atlantic. Uh, wow, that's an impressive family uh, resume of service, of Naval service, I might add. Yes, sir. Uh, not too unlike uh, perhaps my current family, where I have a son in the Marine Corps and another son in the Navy, uh, although my father was in the Army Chemical Corps, interestingly enough. But I really wanted to talk to you about Uncle Gus, and it, I don't, wasn't here too terribly long before I noticed uh, the picture on the wall. And as you enter the headquarters here, we've got this photo board I'm not personally one for my own photo, but it's got my photo on there. But it's all it also got all those who have served before me. And as I was looking at them, I certainly know the most recent uh, members pretty well. But going back in history, I didn't know them uh, all that well. And I came across one of the names, which was George Kinnear, uh, Gus, Uncle Gus, yes, sir. Uh, to you, uh, who happened to serve here as the 14th Commander Naval Air Force Atlantic. And really kind of talking about this uh, in part because January 1st marks the 78th anniversary of the founding of Naval Air Force Atlantic. And uh, I'm interested in your perspective on that. As a young uh, man growing up, I'm sure he had a huge influence on you in your decision to continue the lineage of naval service. But uh, any thoughts on uh, or memories about that? Yes, sir. Uh, well, first of all, again, thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to, to talk about this. It's, it's always an honor to uh, and privilege to talk about the, um, those in my family that have served. Specifically with Uncle Gus, uh, my, you know, I was born into naval aviation, and my earliest memories um, actually are of him uh, and naval aviation and my father and the connection there. Um, you know, as a young, you know, four or five-year-old, we had just moved to the area. Uncle Gus was sitting in your seat over at Franklin Street. Um, Going to visit the Eisenhower, which was a newly commissioned Nimitz-class carrier, you know, as a four-year-old, was pretty amazing. Um, you know, we're rocking around with the button that said, I, I like Ike, having no idea what it meant. Um, I still have memories of that. Uh, going to visit Uncle Gus's house uh, on uh, the Connecticut house. Um, 
uh, at the time, just this massive, what to me perceived to be a mansion. Um, and uh, going to, you know, obviously being airland, he had access to, uh, and when we had air shows, getting, you know, the VIP status, if you will, as a young child, being able to see the air show occur was, you know, pretty amazing. And uh, probably I will say the, uh, the Hollywood moment uh, very early on was uh, when Uncle Gus was sitting in your seat, they filmed a movie called The Final Countdown. And it's about the, the Nimitz going back in time. Although it's uh, um, cast as occurring in Hawaii, it actually was filmed right here in uh, the Vay Capes. And uh, Uncle Gus was, uh, as Airland, intimately involved in the approval and the production of that. Um, so when that hit the, uh, uh, the theaters, it was kind of uh, um, you know big time for the family. Most people don't know it. He actually has a cameo at the very end when all the flag officers come on board. Um, so that was, uh, again, you know, at a very early age, uh, I saw, lived naval aviation from a spectator's view, and it has carried throughout my entire life uh, as I here I am now. Well, that's impressive. And, you know, I haven't seen The Final Countdown in a long time, uh, but I remember that movie. Uh, it's a pretty old movie, yes, actually, so I, I watched that as a kid. Um, you had another data point that uh, the Navy's put out a pretty long history of good movies. Uh, Final Countdown was pretty impressive. Top Gun and then uh, Maverick is, I think, coming out this next fall whenever we get uh, through the COVID restrictions. Yes, sir. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, anticipation for that movie with uh, really an amazing focus on flying uh, in the aircraft. You know, you touch on some points that really remind me of my family and my kids. And I remember my kids uh, in, you know, some of those uh, fly-ins that I had as a naval aviator's uh, you know, it's always hard leaving our families, but coming home is such an incredible event. And you fly in and, you know, the engines are barely shut down and, you know, the wives and kids are running across the flight line to come give daddy a hug. Uh, great, great memories of that. Uh, clearly an impact on you, but I would argue an impact on my kids as well. So Uncle Gus was the 14th uh, Airland, and uh, I'll give you a... <clears throat> I'll let you guess. What do you what do you think I am in that sequence? Thirty fifth, sir. Wow, that is uh, amazing uh, that you would uh, you must have done your research before you came in today. But yeah, thirty five. So there's been twenty one uh, Air Airlance uh, since your uncle was here. Um, I love the family of service and uh, the impact that that has had on you and your decision. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about your background and your flying career? All right, yes, sir. So, uh, um, again, at a very early age, kind of uh, really knew that I, I wanted to go into uh, the Navy in particular. Um, I waffled back and forth between uh, <clears throat> wanting to be a pilot and wanting to be a SEAL. Um, it, Naval aviation eventually won out. Um, and uh, I, I've spent uh, my entire career in the rotary wing portion of naval aviation flying the MH-53 Echo. I was fortunate to have command of uh, one of the two operational squadrons, um, HM-14. Um, and although Uncle Gus was a, a tail hook, uh, pointy nose guy, actually was a tack guy originally, um, my father um, is really my inspiration for how I got into rotary wing. Originally a Marine Corps Cobra pilot, who transitioned in the Navy Reserves, flying uh, Huey gunships and uh, 60 hotels. So uh, born into naval aviation, but born into uh, the rotary wing uh, side of naval aviation is really uh, the, the, the longest exposure. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much uh, my background, sir, flying helicopters for the Navy. So I had the opportunity to fly in the MH-53 not too long ago, and I 
That is a big beast. Yes, sir. It is an enormous aircraft. Uh, but I was absolutely amazed at how steady, how, I thought it was a rock-solid aircraft to fly. And I'm not a helicopter pilot by trade, so I would argue that I am marginally qualified. They only crew me with the uh, best and most experienced aviators on the flight line. But I found it to be a uh, pretty uh, forgiving aircraft, if you if you will, for rotary wing. And, and I think once you kind of learn this this uh, the collective and um, collective and cyclic, sorry. cyclic. Thanks. See, that's that tells you how I'm uh, clearly not a, a rotary aviator. But the collective and cyclic skills and the ability to move your feet around constantly, because it's a lot different than flying a yes, fixed sir. wing aircraft. Um, and it's, uh, I really have enjoyed the challenge, but I love that flight, and uh, hopefully I'll get to fly with them again. Uh, another little-known fact is in the New Hampshire house, which is the Airland house now, uh, you said it was the Connecticut house, I think, when uh, Uncle Gus was in the, in the chair. Um, well, it's migrated to the New Hampshire house now, which is a mansion. It's huge. It's somewhere in the area of 7,000 square feet for my wife and I, so that's probably about 6,000 feet more than we need. <laughs> But, um, and it's designed really for entertaining, which we haven't been able to do here. Uh, one of the areas of the house we've kind of started to turn into a bit of a museum where we've taken a lot of those old plaques from oak, oak clubs and we've started to put them on the walls there. Uh, one of those plaques, uh, as I was looking at it, is from HM14, and there's a Lieutenant Junior Grade Kinnear on that, yes, sir. Uh, which I'm really proud to have in the New Hampshire house, uh, hopefully if I can convince Navy History and Heritage and my successor whenever that day comes to keep that there, uh, this will be kind of a, an annex, if you will, of uh, Naval Aviation History and Heritage right there in the New Hampshire House. So I talked earlier about the fact that we're celebrating the 78th anniversary of Air, Airland, and I'm interested in your thoughts on that. Uh, you know, you play an, an enormous role here as the N3, the uh, operations and plans uh, department head. Uh, I wonder if you can give us and uh, the audience your sense of what that means, the significance of that. Uh, well, it means a lot, sir, uh, both professionally and, and personally. So professionally, as I look back, uh, you know, from my time in the Navy, you know, starting entering as a plebe uh, many years ago at the Naval Academy till now and seeing how Naval Aviation historically, the role that it played, especially in World War II, uh, through major combat operations in Korea and Vietnam to what it became, Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and then obviously OEF, OIF, o and OIF and beyond. It has really um, grown, uh, transformed, evolved, and it's pretty uh, um, you know, amazing to watch um, A, how critical and important uh, naval aviation is to, uh, you know, it, as an instrument of national power, so professionally, I think it's uh, it's amazing to be still you know on service as we look back in 78 years, at least for you know for Airland. Um, for uh, personally, though, like I said, I was very fortunate. I was li literally born into naval aviation. Um, I was exposed to it as a child, as a teenager. Um, even Uncle Gus uh, surprised me and became uh, my speaker uh, at my winging, sorry, the speaker at my winging ceremony. I had no idea he was going to do that until like a week or so before, and uh, the staff was scrambling um, to get ready for that. 
Um, and then now as I get towards, you know, obviously, you know, I've been at Airland for a few years. Um, personally, it, uh, again, brings a sense of pride, and um, I'm happy to be a part of, uh, uh, of the team and uh, the historic time that we're in, sir. Any regrets over your service, years of service, and uh, career of flying? Uh, no, sir. Um, you know, it's kind of my goals have evolved. Um, originally, it was get my wings, then it was uh, make it through my first tour, and then, uh, okay, uh, see what happens next. Um, I, I, very fortunate to command a, a squadron, probably the most challenging, but the best job I've ever had um, in my life. I don't think it'll ever get topped, um, and to come here, um, no regrets, sir. I'm, I'm can't, uh, um, glad the, the journey ended up the way that it did. Well, I don't have any regrets either, and I share that sense of the opportunity to command as just being unbelievably rewarding. The responsibility placed on our commanding officers, not just for the material equipment, the millions or in some instances billions of dollars of material, but our nation's most precious resources are sons and daughters, and I've always found that to be far and away the most rewarding aspect of any command I've had the, the good fortune to serve in. Well, Josh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I thank you for your service. I thank sure. you for your family of service. It's really a, a great opportunity to serve with you. I, I certainly enjoy that aspect, uh, but it's also a great opportunity to recognize your family of service. Uh, I'll close with just a thought, that, and you touched on this, and I think you really uh, captured this well as we talk about 78 years of Naval Air Force Atlantic. And what we do here at Naval Air Force Atlantic is principally man, train, and equip naval aviation forces to include our aircraft carriers to send them forward deployed. Where our Navy serves today, serves continuously forward deployed, ready, uh, ready at a moment's notice uh, to respond to the National Command Authority, but also ready to prevent wars of the future. And I think we train hard. Uh, we prepare ourselves uh, both uh, materially and physically and mentally uh, for war. But we also pray every day for peace, that that, that day never comes. Uh, to you, the rest of the staff here, and all of those who serve, thank you for your service. Uh, thank you for the forward presence, the readiness, and the the preparation to serve and to sacrifice for your Navy and for your nation. Oscar out.